0: told my wife last night i said hey i might run over 20 minutes she goes she goes i'm walking out the door at 12 o'clock so um i got a lot to talk about (laughs) i hear you joe (laughs) so on that note uh let's open up an order of prayer heavenly father we just thank you for uh who you are we thank you for the joy that you've given us lord we thank you for the peace we thank you for the the body of Christ here today, Father, that has joined us, and also those on the Internet. Father, we just thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for the sacrifice that your Son, Jesus Christ, did upon the cross, and we thank you for the gift from the result. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about, um, be careful for no thing, and it's an interesting verse, and it kind of takes off from last week's message, last week's message was to stand, and to stand was uh, to stand fast in the Lord, and I and I illustrate a little bit that you know it's to stand fast in the Lord, like stand stand fast in the Lord, not not to drag your feet, but stand fast in the Lord. Um, stand fast, recognize an apostle Paul as our messenger. Um, to stand on our source, which is the inspired word of God. This whole Bible here is the inspired word of God. Now, as Phil said this morning. Not all of it is to us, not all of it is about us, but there's some that's for us. And we need to rightly divide. That's where Paul talks about rightly dividing the Word of God in 2 Timothy 2.15. And then to stand on the doctrine, what the Word of God says. Um, rightly divided. And in the dispensation of the grace of God, that where we're at. Um, let's go to Philippians 4.6. So I'm going to repeat some verses that I used last week. Um, And when I I ran across this, wow, I didn't realize how strongly I was going to get ministered to from this message today. So I hope it it touches your life like it did my life. And and it's just the Word. It's not about me. It's, It's about the power in this Word right here. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4.6. I've got to go a little bit slower in the verses. I talked to a gentleman. He called me last week after the message, and and I was reading the verse when he was still trying to get to it. So I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Um, but if I'm running close to uh, the time when my wife Debbie's gonna walk out the door, I'm gonna to have to speed it up a little bit. So Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Um Rick spoke about this verse, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago. I can't remember exactly when, but there was some notes that I had that he shared with us. And I had them in my Bible, and I want to share those. Be careful for no thing. He broke it down in nothing into no thing. Be careful for no thing. I'm going to take a bad situation and turn it around for something good. Another definition he had is be careful for no thing is not to be full of worries, as the focus is peace in life via God. Another one he had is not to worry, careful for no thing. But talking to God gives one peace of mind from Him, His fruit. is God is not worried about anything, for who He is as He knows all things, we also need to have the same type of mindset as we also know things. Amen? Philippians 2.13 Philippians 2.13, just a couple pages over. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Again, I say it's not about us. It's all about the Word. It's all about God effectually working in us. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, one of my favorite verses. This, just, just a powerful the Word of God, all the Word of God is, is, is powerful. And, and, and as we go through these verses, it, it, it just humbles me at times, the extent of that, because my mind at times, I don't think I really ponder it long enough to really allow it to soak in to the extent that I need to let it soak in, to grasp everything that's being said in a particular verse. First Thessalonians 2.13 For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when we received the word of God, which He heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it, as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Again, effectually working, working in you, working in you, outwardly. It's not working outwardly inward. You know, religion has a tendency. You know, you can take a, you can, you you can take a person that's homeless. Skidrobe drunk or whatever. You can put him in a three-piece suit and take him to church and just tell him to shake everybody's hand and say, God bless you. At the end of the service, everybody say, man, that was a fine Christian man there. And he knows nothing about the Lord. Okay? It's not about the outward. It's about what's taking place on the inward. And that effectual working inward progressively works outwardly. Amen? And the reason... In this verse, Romans wasn't written at the time First Thessalonians was written, so they heard the word. It was being preached. It wasn't written. Romans wasn't written yet, so they heard the word. That's one reason it says it says which he heard of us. It was preached to him. Romans one sixteen. I think everybody knows what this verse is, and I'm just bringing some remembrance to these verses. Um. Because it builds on the message. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power of God unto salvation. We're taken from Adam to in Christ. Just as Phil said this morning in his message, on faith, you know, concerned Noah, that um, not Noah, but Adam, after his likeness, he was created in the image and the likeness of God. But after he fell, he had a son Seth, after the likeness of him, of Adam. But it was fallen Adam. And then, as Phil said, that's that's our father, that's our great 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 grandfather. You know, many greats away, but we inherited that fallen state, and that's the reason why everyone needs to be saved. You know, some people say, well, I don't need to be saved. I've, I haven't done anything that major wrong. And I say, you're you're basically in Adam, fallen Adam, spiritually dead. That's why you need to acknowledge what Christ did, that He, he died for your sins upon the cross. That puts you back, that righteousness is credited When you believe what Christ accomplished on that cross, that righteousness is, of the first Adam is credited unto you and now you're alive you're a new creature in Christ Jesus that's why you need to be saved and a lot of people don't When I when I've shared that with, with people then, then they stop and they realize oh now I see what you're saying because they never really heard that before they always heard that you need to get saved but they never really understood why they need to get saved they need to get saved because they need to get out of Adam into Christ. <clears throat> Philemon 6. Philemon 6. That's the 13th epistle that Paul wrote, the last one. And Philemon in, it embodies everything that Paul spoke about from Romans to Titus. The other 12 epistles are all combined into Philemon, it embodies all that t- transpired there. Because what transpired in, in Philemon of forgiveness. And in Philemon 6 it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. It embodies everything. Your communication effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now I want to go to Daniel 3. This is a you know, what what happened in Daniel. Daniel 3, and we recognize in Daniel 3 that this is a different dispensation, but there's a phrase that's that's stated in here that I wanted to share. Daniel 3, 9. And I'll give you a little bit of history about this while you're turning to Daniel 3, 9. Judah was taken into captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians. And they sieged Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem they took um, the princes, uh, the king's seed and and the princes and took them into captivity. They wanted the the prime stock of Israel. And they took them to um, Babylon. And in Babylon, um, Nebuchadnezzar made an image. He was the king. He made an image and everybody when they heard the music play was supposed to bow down and and recognize that image as their god well at that time there was daniel and three of his friends that were taken in captivity from jerusalem and in that in those three one was shadrach Sadrach, I can't even speak Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego okay and that's what the storyline is about is about those three And let's start reading in Daniel 3, 9. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all the kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace." There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the fairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye should be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his Visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their garments were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste, and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Mesech, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Mesech, and Abednego came forth in the midst of fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered, "...together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Sadrach, Mesach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god." Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation and language, which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sword. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Wow, what a, what a story, huh? The verse 16 I want to focus in, we are not careful, is what they told the king. We are not careful. Today's message is, we're not care- be careful for nothing. Be careful for no thing. And in this story, God intervened for the nation of Israel, because that's the dispensation of the Bible at that, at that point, where God outwardly intervened for the nation of Israel. Today, I like to say, well, God intervenes today, but He intervenes in a different way. Because today, the Word of God, when we believe the Word of God, when we read it, it's built on the inner man. And then it grows and reflects to the mind. So when we're in making decisions or we encounter a situation, and not the fiery furnace, but persecution comes or something like that, that Word of God is in our mind and when our mind is reflecting on that Word of God to respond according to what? Every situation we encounter. These are the directions for life on earth. And God created us. He knows exactly what we need to get us through every single day of life here on earth. Nothing less. He's a creator. What he did with this fiery furnace, phenomenal. I mean, the people that threw Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace were burned up. And they were the king's most mightiest warriors. They were killed. And then when Nebuchadnezzar looked down, there's four people down there walking around in the furnace. And when they came out, not a hair of their head was singed, Not a, not a thread on their coat, not even the smell of smoke on their bodies. What a God. And that same God effectually works in us. The power of God, the gospel, the power, salvation unto man. It's humbling. Be not careful for no thing. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abimele knew the Lord was going to deliver us. By faith, as Phil spoke this morning, by faith, we know that the power of God is going to meet every situation we face in life. Every situation. Until we get in the way. That's the problem right here. But even even in the midst of that, the power of God effectually working inside of us pushes me to the side. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The power and love and of sound mind. That sound mind is that word of God effectually working in us that reflects to the mind and gives us that peace of God. We're going we're to go through some verses about having, the, having peace with God. Um, let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10. Everybody knows about this story. Mary and Martha, Luke ten. Luke ten thirty. Eight and forty two. Luke ten thirty eight and forty two. Luke 10, 38 and 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him in, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Excuse me. Notice what Jesus said. Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You know, in in our daily activities in life, we can be troubled by many things. We can be distracted by many things. Our kids may distract us. I mean, I was a kid at one time, and I know I, I, I caused havoc on my folks. So I know how kids can be. God help you if any of them come up like me. But I know that kids can be a distraction. They can, they can be troubling. Um, they're a blessing, but they can also cause the parents much heartache and anguish. <coughs> we can be a Martha. Martha. Be careful for no thing. But by prayer, prayer is talking to God, taking the word and applying it to the situation. Supplication is an earnest request. And then thanksgiving, because when you take all these verses that I'm going to share, you recognize how blessed we are, how empowered we've been, what's been given to us by the living God in this dispensation of the grace, the extent of His grace, the extent of His mercy. And how He has met, how He's given us everything and equipped us with everything to face all the details in life that we may face. Every situation, no matter what it is. Romans 3, verse 20. Romans 3, verse 20. And These are some of the verses to be mindful of on situations. You know, I shared with last week... You know, I, I contracted COVID. Me and my wife contracted COVID in October. It had me down for like three and a half days. And, and then I had some fatigue for like a week after that. And then I had like a brain fog that followed after that from time to time. And, and I'm a relaxed driver driving down the freeway and around town and stuff. And I noticed that I was real super paranoid. I was looking in the rearview mirror and looking all around. I just I just felt like I was real nervous about something, you know. And I was reflecting on the Word of God, that, God that, that I have the peace of God, that God's peace of mind. I have the peace of mind that me and God are on good standing, not because of what I've done, but because He's credited me with right, the state of righteousness, and I'm in good standing with God. It's not that I need to get down and, and go back underneath of the legal system of the merit system, thinking, well, I've got to read so many chapters, i got to pray so long, I need to go to all the Bible studies and everything, and now... I'm going to be in right standing with God. You know, that's religion. You know, man's attempt to reach God, like Phil said. Man's attempt to reach God. It's not about the legal system. But in the midst of going through that and even getting three or four job calls in one day and I was just like on meltdown status. You know, I told the wife, I said, man, I can't even think. I I can't even plan this, you know, with this brain fog. But getting through it, I applied the scriptures. Mentally, well, the word of God was in my mind, and I just kept thinking about the word of God. I said, I'm going to get through this. I know I've got the peace of God. I know God's with me. You know, I'm, I know I'm in right standing with God. <coughs> no temptation has overtaken me, and it just progressed, and then finally it just, it just went away. And I was thinking about other people that I'd heard about, other people that had gone through it, and they, and, they, and they went and saw a psychologist. There's nothing wrong with going and seeing a psychologist But I don't think they knew the Lord. They didn't have a resource to rely on. In Romans 3, verse 20 and 21, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, that's today, it says, but now, that means today, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. The righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. All mankind. Everybody. There is no segregation. There is no discrimination. Nothing. It's for all. Justified freely by His grace. Justified means to reckon one righteous by His grace. Again, it's not about us. It's about what Christ accomplished on the cross. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins. All mankind. 2,000 years before we were born. Okay? But He paid the penalty for all sin. Now some people say, well, when He died on the cross, He died for all sin. Well, until you get out of Adam into Christ there is no forgiveness you got to get out of Adam first okay when you get out of Adam into Christ then that righteousness is credited unto you and you're justified wow that's what he did that's the gift that's his grace while we were yet sinners Christ died for us While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We had nothing to do with We couldn't bring anything to Him to offer. Grace. Unmerited favor. Undeserving. Wow. You know, the story of Abraham. Abraham... Um, And Phil touched on it this morning. In in Genesis 15, God told Abraham, he was called out of a country, but in in Genesis 15, he he told Abraham, look up at the sky. Abraham looked up at the sky and he says, you know, see all them stars? You can't even number them. That's going to be your seed. You know, Abraham knew he had to have a son. You know, to have that many heirs, he's going to have to have a son. And then Sarah, his wife, was barren, wasn't producing any sons. So Sarah has a bond slave Hagar, and tells Abraham, "Go to unto my bond slave Hagar, and sleep with her, and then that way you'll have a son." You know, and he did, and Ishmael came forth. And then in Romans. Four, it talks about how Abraham didn't stagger at the promise. And I was thinking, well, wait a minute. He did stagger. Because he went with Hagar. But see, that was Sarah. And he just followed, he just followed. But Abraham believed God. He did not stagger at the promise. And he was almost a hundred years old, and Sarah was beyond the age of Bearing a child, you know, they they talked about her womb, the deadness of her womb. She was in her 90s. But lo and behold, Sarah became pregnant. And Ishmael came forth. And through, I mean not Ishmael, Isaac came forth. Excuse me. And through Isaac, God was going to make a covenant with Isaac's seed. And that's the nation of Israel that, that we come to know. And through Isaac, that covenant was made. And you can read that in, in, in Genesis 15, 16, and 17, and Romans 5. I think I spoke Romans 4, but it's Romans 5. Now in Romans 5.1, Romans 5.1. And oh, I, missed, I wanted to say that, that being justified because God, because Abraham believed what God had said to him, a righteousness was credited unto Abraham, and that same righteousness is credited unto us when we believe what God says about salvation. In Romans five one through two, Romans five one through two. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have many, many promises in the Word of God. We have the promise about the Word effectually working in us, being blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, the power of the gospel, salvation unto man there's so many promises and when we believe those promises and hold true to those promises we're standing with the Word of God and we can approach be careful for no thing we can approach God with prayer knowing those things give our supplication our earnest request with thanksgiving and the peace of God will be with us. Romans 5.17 Romans 5.17 Romans 5.17 For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I find it interesting that in the, in the Word of God, usually when we're fellowshipping with one another, we're not using some of this terminology. We're not saying, um, man, we have an abundant friendship, abundance of, an, of a friendship, just terminology we just don't use. You know, we say, you know, he's a really nice friend or she's a really nice friend. You know, I met, met a good friend today at church or something like that. But in the Word of God, the richness of the Word of God It says, they which receive abundance of grace. Now, grace means unmerited favor, undeserving. And in Romans 5.17, it says, abundance of grace. Wow. And then it says, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That reign in life by one in Jesus Christ. That reign, the definition, usually when you say, well, King... King Louis V. He reigned you know, over this period of time. That means He ruled. You know, he was in power. He prevailed. That's reflective of us. That's, that's what our lifestyle is. That's what's been given to, unto us, been granted unto us by the grace of God, the abundance of grace that we shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Wow. I mean and then be careful for no thing but by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let our request be known to God in that mindset of who we are in Christ, what he's the abundance of his grace to reign in life with Jesus Christ. Romans eight, thirty five and thirty nine. Romans eight thirty-five to thirty-nine. Romans eight thirty-five to thirty-nine. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are. A We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Wow. talk about being in a firm place in Christ. Conquers through Him that loved us. There is no who that can separate us. You may be going through a day that feels like hell. But you know what? You can have the peace of God. Your mind could be at peace. Because nothing, no who, can separate you from the love of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, starting. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit search, searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom, man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You know, Phil mentioned this morning in his message about that the unsaved person can't under, can't under, excuse me, can't understand the word of God because these are spiritual things. When, you, when you're taken out of Adam and placed into Christ, your spirit is regenerated. Prior to that, it's dead in Adam. But now that it's been regenerated, the old switch has been turned on. And you can understand these spiritual things. 2 Corinthians 4.7 2 Corinthians four seven. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Again, it's not about us. It's all about Him. And you know that word treasure. You know, usually when you, when you hear of treasure hunters, you're thinking, you know, you watch them where they're out on the body of water. Well, they're, they're going to bring some gold up. They're not just bringing a coin or two. They're bringing a lot of gold up because they've spent millions locating that ship that sunk come over from England or got in a, in a hurricane or something. And they, they've spent millions because they know there's many millions of dollars worth of the golds down there, a treasure. That's what's referred in our earthen vessel, this body. This, this here is going to decay. It's going to go on the ground and it's going to rot. And it's going to go back to the dust. Earth to earth, dust to dust, whatever they say. I can't remember the exact terminology. But it's going to decay back into the ground. But there's a treasure inside of us that's not. It's going to rise in the rapture. What we possess is incredible. I know there's many times I forget about when I'm walking, that I'm walking, that there's a treasure I'm inside of me. See, that spirit has to have a physical body for transport. That's why when we get to heaven, we're going to be given a spiritual body. That's going to be our means of transportation. But a spirit has to have this physical to get from here to there. Treasure, great abundance, very valued. That's what we possess inside of us. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14. Just a few verses down. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Light affliction. You know, the word uses the light affliction, and to me it's devastation. You know, I, I'm in a situation and I'm devastated. And then I go to the word and it, it gets me in the proper perspective. Hey, Keith, it's just a light affliction, you know. Sometimes I get overly emotional on things. My wife will attest to that. I'll get wound up. Like a chainsaw buzz, you know. And, uh, and then after it's all over, I'm thinking, man, well, you know, well, I really acted out on that situation, you know. Light affliction. This earthly tabernacle is going to be dissolved. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands. God built this body, this temple. It's going to be eternal in the heavens. Man, trying to wrap your brain around that. And then going through a bad day or a bad situation puts all things back in the proper perspective of who we really are and what's really really going on. God knows exactly what we need. He wrote this word. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Be careful for no thing. In prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let requests be known to God. 2 Corinthians 5, a few verses down, 5 verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. And then He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto unto Him which died for them and rose again. and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you for us. We pray you, in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, a lot of people take that, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciled the world unto, world unto himself, not imputing their, their trespasses unto them. Again... If you're in Adam, you got to get out of Adam. When you get into Christ, now those sins aren't there. Those are the ones. What's really neat about this, we're new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things become new. We are ambassadors for Christ. Man, when I was studying this the other day, ambassador. Okay, we have... Ambassadors over in other countries. And they're representing the United States. We are ambassadors representing Christ, the heavenly governor. Man, when you ponder that. I mean, the ambassador of the U.S., you know, that, that that's a that's a position that's assigned by the president, you know. And we're ambassadors for Christ. wow, we are representing Christ from the heavenly government. What an honor. What a calling. Entrusted with, with such a thing as an ambassador for Christ in the heavenlies. I know I lose sight of that. I know I lose sight of that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Man, time is my enemy today. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now here's Apostle Paul. He's got He's got a thorn. He's prayed to the Lord three times for having this to have this thorn removed, and the Lord tells him, "My grace is sufficient for thee." And last week we I, I talked about that. And for and for sake, time's sake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read it. 1 Timothy 1.16, It says, talking about Apostle Paul. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Paul was a pattern. For for everybody from the time that Paul was saved on the road to Damascus forward, there was a pattern that everybody was going to follow from him. And what he was revealed by the risen Christ Jesus. When the risen Christ Jesus came down and spoke to to Paul, the mystery, the dispensation of the grace grace of God. Everything after that was going to be a pattern. So when Paul's got this thorn... in his sight and he's prayed three times for the Lord to take this thorn out the Lord said my grace is sufficient for me that's the same way with us when we have an infirmity God's grace is going to meet us it's going to be sufficient enough and man when I get sick my wife says I'm the biggest baby when I get sick and I am I confess I'm not and, 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 I, and I look to His grace in the midst of it. But I fall short in that area a lot. Ephesians 1 through 10. Ephesians 3. No, Ephesians 1, excuse me. Ephesians 1. in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. Point one. Blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. Predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. That word predestination, there's a a denomination that says predestined, that there's been an elect group of people in society that have been predestined for salvation. And then the rest, you're going to hell. God predestined all mankind. He provided an avenue through His Son, Jesus Christ. We read that back there in, second, in, in 2 Corinthians 5. We're ambassadors. That Christ died for the sins of the world. But you got to get from Adam into Christ. But there, there's a group of people about predestination that... Say, well, you've been predestined. Those that get saved, they've been predestined. Those that don't get saved, those are the ones going to hell. Right from the pits of hell, that doctrine. Hath made made us accepted in the Beloved. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have abounded towards us. He hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Abounded. Again, that. Some of that terminology you just don't hear in everyday language today. You know, you, you don't tell your friend, yeah, my friend abounded toward my, towards, towards me yesterday. You know? But when you think abounded, abounded. Wow. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. The mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure which he hath purposed. In the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. You know, Nick talked last week in the main hour. His message was about how, you know, what's what's it all about? Well, we see right here that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, Israel is going to inherit the earth and the body of Christ is going to inherit the heavenlies. We're all going to be one in Christ. That's that's the will of God. That's what that's what God is progressively working towards today. But we have we've got denominations that, you know, don't rightly divide the Word of God. So they they've got us Israel, you know. We're the we're the nation of Israel here, and we're in Tempe right now. This is our Jerusalem, and we need to go. Forth, you know, it's not what's happening. We're in the dispensation of the grace of God in Ephesians 1 12 through 14. It says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. That word earnest means I'm going to do what I told you. God sealed us earnest. All about Him, not about us. Be careful for no thing. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. In closing, be careful for no thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. I'm cutting out a full page, a page and a half, uh, just just running out of time. Um, Daily life activities can distract us, mislead us, frustrate us, anger us. Careful for no thing, knowing. Who we are in Christ. What we possess in Christ. By prayer, speaking the word of God. The the word forth. Supplication. Listing our earnest request. What what about life has us concerned that we're going to supplication it to the Lord? Our earnest request. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Be encouraged. Be careful for no thing. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. God's provided. He's supplied us. He's given us His Word. I I could go on for days on on what the Lord has given us, enabled us, that it's like we really don't have an excuse. Well, the reality is... Getting in, that word getting in that word and getting in that word and it'll humble you because his word the same the same power that treasure that dwells in it is the same power that God wrought in Christ and rose him from the dead think about that that same power that wrought Christ from the dead is right here that's that treasure inside of us amen Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Father. Lord, I thank you for the richness of your word. Father, I thank you for the liveness of your word. I thank you for the saints here today, Father, and for those on, on the internet, Father. I just pray that your word, that it just continues to effectually work in and through and outwardly for them, Father. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the power of your gospel, the salvation unto men. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.